Parents, level up your kids' money skills with Toddler, the financial literacy app that turns learning into an adventure. Join the Toddlerverse, enroll your kids, and make financial education fun. Download the Toddler app now using code MONEYDAD for an exclusive surprise. Toddler, spelled T-O-D-L-R, where finance meets fun. I really, really want to stress the importance of understanding value and how you can make that approachable for a kid so they can understand value comes in multiple assets or aspects, I should say. I think that's the most important. I think not only will it help from a money perspective, but it helps from a personal life perspective and having their own self-value down the line and self-worth and able to provide that guidance for them is, is the most valuable thing you can do. It's the best thing you can do as far as money and life goes. This show is dedicated to helping you raise money smart kids so that they can win the money game. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Money Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Chung. Well, hello, Money Dad listeners. I'm going to keep my intro short and sweet today as I'm still recovering from a cold and a lingering cough. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate you for tuning into the show week after week or month after month and how much I enjoy chatting with my guests and then sharing our conversation with you. I'm really excited to share today's episode with my guest, Jeff McLean. Jeff recently wrote a children's book for young kids that talks about money and how it has evolved over time and continues to evolve, and the book does so in a very clever story. As part of my natural evolution and research I've been doing over the last six months about Bitcoin, it's really sharpened my focus around understanding how money has evolved and where it's going. Jeff and I talk about some of the important conversations that he started to have with his daughter about money, really honing in on this concept of value and what exactly does that mean. One of the biggest issues today is the debasement of our currency and how that systematically eroded value and our purchasing power. We talk about how his book makes that connection between value and money that we can introduce to our kids. We get into Bitcoin and all things Bitcoin and how it's a really exciting time for us as a society to see an option where we have more control as opposed to a central banking authority. We also get into some of Jeff's entrepreneurial activities and businesses and the reasons why he became an entrepreneur and some of the lessons that he's learned that we can teach our kids. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button to tune into regular episodes and the best best thing you can do is share this podcast with a friend or someone if you've received value from it. So uh, without further ado, on to today's episode. Enjoy. Well, I'm thrilled today to be here with my guest, Jeff McLean. Jeff has a background in digital marketing, and he loves helping people, businesses, and brands with their digital marketing. He's also the father of two kids with another on the way, and he's recently written a children's book called Hedgie's Bitcoin Story, a tale of trade, trust, and technology which really helps to introduce young readers between the ages of four and eight to the important world of money, teaching its evolution while exploring the pitfalls of traditional systems. Jeff is also a part owner in several businesses and resides in San Diego, California. Jeff, welcome to the Money Dad Podcast. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, appreciate having me on and uh, I love what you're doing over here on the podcast. Well, I, I appreciate those words and I appreciate you making the time for us here on an early Saturday morning uh, to talk to <laughs> myself and the listeners out here. And really, I wanted to talk to you today about your book. We'll get into that, but you know, it certainly addresses, I think, a gap out there in terms of mm-hmm. helping teach kids and, and adults, really, and their parents, right? What, what money is and the evolution of it wrapped up in this clever story. So we'll get into that uh, later. But sure. I'd love to first start off with your own childhood. Talk to us about what your childhood was like as it related to money or your exposure to money and finances, perhaps how that influenced your initial beliefs, and then how those beliefs have evolved now that you're a parent of two kids and really looking to shape and guide your own kids and other kids out there and their beliefs about money. 
Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in Massachusetts. I grew up in a little town outside of Boston called Hingham, you know, middle class. My dad owned a chemical company that he actually migrated from California for. I guess it was a little bit easier to get chemicals made out in Massachusetts. But my my kind of my exposure to to money from the standpoint of my parents was we didn't really talk about it a lot. There wasn't really an understanding of, you know, where we were financially, but we were always comfortable, which I think was the most important part. Now, as a parent, looking back was making sure that was as security for as a kid. That being said, he did understand teaching the principles of, you know, hard work, time, effort. So when it came down to, you know, wanting to get something or, or getting a toy or treat or working for whatever it is. Um, you know, he, they did a really good job of instilling, hey, if you want something, you got to go out there, you know, get it, spend the time, put the effort in, the energy, you know, and going through, going through that process. So I'm grateful to them for that, from that standpoint. You know, there was a little, maybe a little bit of that scarcity mindset. I know that you're, you know, you're familiar with that as well, too, and not so much thinking about us from an abundancy side. But really, the, you know, the switch kind of came probably later in life when going to leaving for college. You know, we kind of sat, sit down. The best piece of advice my dad kind of gave me was, you know, life's a game and money's just the pieces you play with. And you, if you can think of it from that perspective, you know, it's a totally different switch in mindset. I mean, that's kind of the approach I took, you know, in my adult life going forward. Now as, a, as an adult with two, two kids of my own, I have another one on the way. I find myself falling back into those same, you know, those, those same kind of habits of don't really want to be too open about it, but at the same time want to start building those stepping stones going forward, maybe a little bit earlier than, you know, what my parents had had before. So that's the approach I take, which eventually led to, you know, Hedgie's Bitcoin story over here. We need to talk about it, right? As parents with our kids, where it should be, you know, it shouldn't be a taboo subject. I know, yeah, growing up for my own self, like it wasn't necessarily a taboo subject because my, yeah, my parents and especially my dad really talked about it, but it was in that scarcity mindset, right? Like we don't have enough of it. So there was a lot of that. And I think the opportunity now is with our kids, our own kids and, and others out there to really open up that conversation, hopefully at a younger age and in a, in a way and in, in frame such that it's positive and that they can, they can learn about it from an early age, not necessarily from that scarcity mindset. Right. So you, you mentioned, you know, you're starting to talk to your kids about it and your kids are the younger, you know, probably around the same age as as mine, right? Yeah. Five, five years old. Five, three. And then um, I have another one in three weeks coming out. So. Oh boy. Excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You're going to have your hands full there, but maybe talk to us about some of the things that you've started to do with, with the three and the five-year-old in terms of starting to have that conversation with them about money. You know, it's, it's, you know, at that age, obviously it's got to be kind of age appropriate, but uh-huh. Tell us about some of the things that you try and you do with your own kids. Sure, absolutely. You know, the the five it really starts with the five year old. The three year old's still a little bit too young, I think. And I get some concepts, but the five year old is really where it started to take off. And at school, they started trading Pokemon cards. You know, they bring candy to school. They bring toys. They want to trade. They want to do all these, you know, transactions that are happening. And you know, I was a Pokemon kid growing up. I don't know if you played with Pokemon cards at all. But sitting there and watching her, you know, trading certain cards and coming back and like, you know, you, you traded for who? Like, what what do you do? What What is going on here? And that's where the conversation started. And obviously from there, she she wanted to get more Pokemon cards, and, you know, and, and add to her collection and, and do this type of thing. So it led into the conversation of, you know, money. Well, you can, you can buy your own Pokemon cards. You know, you can go out, you can do work, you can do chores, you can do all these things. 
And that's where really the conversation started. So of course, as a parent, you kind of want to put them into, well, you can earn and you can save and you get, you know, you can get a piggy bank and you can do these certain things. But as we sat down and started talking and laying out a plan for chores and laying out a, a plan for, you know, a, an allowance or that type of thing, you know, you start having that conversation and you ask, you know, what do you think this is worth for, you know, for chores, 25 cents? You know, and the answer is 80 every time. And you're kind of stepping <laughs> back as a parent and you're going, you know what, maybe, maybe we need to stop for a second, reverse and really work on the fundamentals of, you know, what is money? What does it represent? Um, talking about value and in, in your time and what's that worth? So that's, that's really where the, the, uh, the story starts as far as my parenting journey goes, as far as teaching money. So we really like to focus on the concept of, of value. And, um, you know, it starts, it's such a, it's such a tricky t- topic because it's so subjective. Everyone can put value or certain values to different things, you know, and money is supposed to be a, you know, standard measurement of that, that value technically, I guess, if you want to look at it from a high level down. So we started going through and just, you know, having our, uh, or having both of them really start going through and timing their chores. And how long does it take you to do this? Does it take you 20 minutes to do this? Does it take you 30 minutes? You know, how hard was it? Do you feel like, you know, you worked extra hard for it? Did you have to, you know, walk, you know, up down the street with the dog? You know, what does that look like? So we started breaking these principles down of, you know, what money would represent in a more, you know, easy, digestible way for as a kid that they can understand. You know, they can, they can understand, you know, it took way longer, you know, time-wise or, you know, my, you know, it was way heavier to lift or these type of things. So those are the approaches that we've started to take is work on the value side of it first and, uh, you know, ease our way into money as a skill and as a game going forward. So my wife yesterday was doing some raking of the leaves in our lawn mm-hmm. and my kids were off school because it was a PA day. And so she got them helping to work to do that. Nice. And what she did was she paid them, I think it was a dollar, a dollar per bag that they were able to fill. Right. So, which funny enough, like, so when we did this, maybe last fall, I think I paid them $5 a bag. Cause I was like, okay, wow. you know what? I, it seemed like it's, and she was like, you're crazy. That's $5 a bag. And so funny enough, like when I did that last year, I think he must've filled, I don't know, like seven bags, right. Or something like that, like 35 bucks. And one was like, no, there's no way that I'm going to pay him $5 a bag. But again, I think it was linking, you know, going back to your concept of, you know, value, what is that worth? Right. And talking about that with our kids and so that they yeah. can equate, whether it's time, whether it's effort, whether it's the output of whatever they produced and mm-hmm. what they would get back in return for that. You know, that's a great conversation to have. I've seen you mention that one of the biggest issues with today's society is the lack of concept of value. Can you talk to us about like what, what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this probably goes more into the, uh, you know, the, the backside of what money is from a, a societal standpoint, but um, you look around and I know you've talked about this in the past and your, your past guests have, but you know, the debate, the debasement of money in general, inflation and everything else, you know, if money is supposed to be a standard measurement of output or, or however you want to put it, and we're going through and as a person or as, you know, a worker or someone else, and you can sit there and say, you know, I put in X amount of hours, I put X amount of time. And then by the time you get that paycheck, you know, the value of that is actually dropped, you know, a percentage or over a year or 10 years, that dollar is now only worth 70 cents. It's only worth 50 cents or whatever it is. I think we've really gotten, I don't know what the word is, disconnected from the idea of what that purpose of, of money is. And respecting ourselves from the standpoint of, Hey, I do have, I have value and the value that I put out there should be at least be able to be maintained. 
we sit around here and we look around in society and say, hey, you know, we'll leave a job because we're not valued. We'll leave a relationship because we're not valued. We'll leave situations just because the, the premise of value. But when we look at our money system and what's been going on for the last 50 years here in America, it's clear the system does not value you as the, you know, the, the cog in that system. So we should have a different mindset as far as what that looks like. That's a little bit where the Bitcoin part of Hedgie's story comes in from. But I think that's the general concept of what I'm going for. And I know that's a very broad kind of statement, and we can probably dive down into the specifics of that more. But I think we do it right at the point where we do have to kind of step back and keep it simple and look at what what's actually happening. I think what's really brought what's happening to light, I mean, really in the last... Well, I mean, it's been happening for a while, but I think it was more maybe maybe less no- noticeable when inflation was, you know, in and around two, two, three yeah. percent. Where obviously, yeah, the value of your dollar and what it gets you is decreasing, but it's not maybe noticeable as much now. It's very noticeable because yeah. the, what it takes now to buy something is a lot more in terms of those, mm-hmm. you know, that that currency to get you that. And so I think that whole conversation around inflation. I mean, I have that. I have that conversation with my son, funny enough, like, and, and when I read the, your book to him, that's where actually where it got to. And so let's talk about your book, Hedgie's Bitcoin story, which really discusses what value really is. Right. And I think it was wonderfully illustrated, goes through the evolution of money. And that started from flat stones to gold to fiat currency to now Bitcoin, introducing Bitcoin through the story of these characters. And, you know, as I was mentioning, like I read it to my nine-year-old and, and asked him like, what, what did he take away from it? Right. What did he get from it? And so for him, what he took away from it was the point in the story where Richard Raccoon mm-hmm. uh, created too many of these fiat slips. Yeah. slips, right? Friends, uh, and, friends and, in a trade slip. Yeah. Friends in a trade slips, which cl- yeah. very clever, very clever way to do that. And, and you know, so fiat's the type of currency that's used in our modern aid society right now. To, you know, issued by the government and but not backed really by anything other than trust in trust, that yep. trust in the government to to back that currency. And so. That kind of led into a conversation about value, but really in terms of how creating so many of these slips has led to a point where they're less valuable now, and it's in an inflation. Talk to us, you know, talk to us about what the main idea or premise behind the book is about, and sure. what inspired you to write this book. Yeah, obviously the inspiration for the book came from you know my kids, my daughter, the, the Pokemon trader. She has a pet hedgehog, not a pet hedgehog, a stuffed hedgehog. Um, she treats as a pet that she calls Hedgie. So as I'm going through and kind of trying to craft as a parent, making that connection for her about connecting value to money and kind of telling the story of money, I wanted to make it as relatable as possible for her. And to be honest, the book only started as one print. It's her book that she has. It has a different cover. It's her story. The wording is a little bit different. It's been cleaned up. But all the characters in there have some type of connection to her. She, we build forts. There's bunnies in there, which is my other daughter because I couldn't leave her out. So there's right. that in there. And then the characters were just a reflection of some bigger topics that I think a, a, a parent would catch on to, but the, the child would not. So it kind of is a dual-edged sword as far as what's going on. Um, but before getting into the concept of money, I really wanted to start that history, teaching value. And by no means is it, a, you know, uh, 
the most informative book there is, but it is a definitely a book for four to you know eight year olds to start a conversation. And that's all I wanted it to be was to start a conversation or have that tool in your tool belt to go through and say, hey, you know, let's let's kind of talk about this. What do you see in this picture? Or what's what's going on here? Or throwing words in there that they understand that really don't have value, but are reflective of value, like the doll hair. You know, there's there's little things like that that come through. Yeah. So really, it was more of a, a mental prep tool for parents and kind of a, a mental prep tool for children to start receiving that information and start processing it and start having those conversations, you know, as a family unit. So that's where the, the kind of story came from. Obviously, I, I wanted to throw in some a little bit more depth for the parent reading it. I'm very big on Bitcoin. That's obviously where it went. And if we're looking at the natural trend, uh, history or movement of money from the past to the present, we really haven't had that big flip that we've had historically in the past. And we're kind of right there with technology. So I really wanted to make sure that that was in the eyes and the, the focus of, of families moving forward as an option. So I, want, I wanted to have that on there so they could start researching it, looking it up, doing a little digging. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it, make them drink. So I wanted to at least get them to the to the water and start doing their own little research and figuring out what's going on with our system and where's and where's it moving to? What, what's our possibility and what's our options? There's there's certainly a lot of or a number of books out there that talk about you know as it relates to money, like you know, so in terms of saving, investing, giving, spending, and I think yeah. definitely your book addresses a, a gap out there where it's kind of before you get into all of that, what is money? And like, and how it's evolved and then introduces this concept of, okay, going forward, how Bitcoin could be the new money, right? What feedback have you received from some, you know, others out there, whether it's parents or others who have read the book and and really how it's helped them open up that conversation uh, with their kids about money? Yeah. You know, originally um, I sent the PDF to friends, families, people that I knew that were kind kind of in the same mindset that we are. You know, in the first kind of couple editions of it, there was a lot of feedback as far as, you know, too worried, too much. It got cut down. Um, but overall, the, the the response has been really positive. Um, and it kind of goes back to, you know, what you're saying. There is a little bit of a gap. Um, a lot of the, the parents that I know do bedtime reading or they like reading with their kids. Um, you know, it's just the kind of, an, you know, it's the, the key staple of being a parent, I think. It's one of the best parts of the day is you sit down, you read a book or two. I mean, it's great. They cuddle up. And uh, going out there and looking for, you know, a book, there's a ton of information. There's really good information out there as far as, you know, how to play the game of money and how to use those different skill sets of saving and investing and interest and everything else. But we, I feel like we just kind of throw them into the fire there and start start the, the beginning of what we understand and we can take on and not really so much as starting backwards. And I, and I understand it from the point of, you know, we've really never had to go back and re-examine a system because it's been the only system that we've had. But now that we have the option of something like Bitcoin, it forces us as parents to go back and say, you know what, what, what is the best option for my family? How does that work? What are those, those channels that we can use? So it helps address that issue as well, too, of examining the system we're currently on. But overall, feedback's been really well. I've had a, I, I did post it on Reddit. There are a couple of people that, you know, will give their feedback for sure. But, you know, you take it with a grain of salt and you move forward. I think when I even when I started reading it myself, I thought, okay, well, what's the value of this? And I thought it's really about it is thinking about and looking at the current system as it is today, right? Like where it is not 
you know, and maybe in the past it has not been uh, an issue, but now you look at how things are breaking down in the current system, right? You've got, I mean, what is it? It's like we can print or like, you know, whether it's in the US, in Canada, other governments around the world have printed massive amounts of money, increased the money supply tremendously over the last, like since COVID especially right and yeah. and it's not tethered to anything there's nothing that's really stopping it right like so if you want to spend more on programs it used to be before at least here in canada oh we'd want to balance our budgets right so whatever which from if you look at it from a family perspective it's like okay you want you don't want to overspend more than you take yeah. in yep. and the concept of that is now completely out the window there's no there is no concept of that anymore because you know what we can do we can just add more debt on and that'll help fund our spending and so there's really this now disconnect between that and so it's really put into question the current system that we we live in and so now this new system bitcoin which i hadn't really even realized but it's been around for since what 2008 it's been around for like the last 14 ish years or so yeah i mean it, it came out of the 2008 financial collapse right that's the the backstory yeah. of it it's, um satoshi you know which i know is you know a mysterious person group of people maybe how who is and, this guy um, yeah who is this guy who's this group of people right <laughs> who's this group of people yeah yeah we we don't really know but you know it comes back to the people see problems they want to put out solutions and i know people have tried digital currencies in the past you know way before but it seems like Bitcoin's kind of figured out the decentralization part of it and making sure that, it, you know, it stays rare, you know, it's divisible, you know, it's it's safe and secure. So they've done a really good job. Well, I say they, <laughs> the general concept of Bitcoin has done a really good job of moving forward and, and developing it further. Does it have flaws? Does it have things we need to still work on? Absolutely. You know, it is only, what, 10 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old. But it's getting there. And, you know, it, it's one of the first viable options that we have to a traditional system. And I think it's something that we have to at least look at and examine and go back and say what works in this system and what doesn't work and how does this fix it and how does this correct it or what are the gaps there? So I think it's a really exciting time for us as a society, for the world as a society to, to see an option where, you know, we have a little bit more control over those monetary decisions. And it's not just a top figure, authoritative figure saying, here's what we need to print. And you're like, eh, well, what about my value, right? What about my value? You're taking it from me. I put that work, I put that work in. Maybe I don't want it to go to a war. Maybe I don't want it to go to, you know, some program or something else. Um, so I think it's from that standpoint, you know, it might be one of the, the best divisions we have as a, uh, as a race, as a human race, to be honest. And now a word from our sponsors. Parents, listen up. Make learning about money exciting with Toddler, the ultimate financial literacy app for families. Toddler uses interactive storytelling and real-world money games to turn financial education into an adventure your kids will love. Join the Toddlerverse now. Enroll your kids in our thrilling money-learning adventures that teach them to make wise financial choices. Download the Toddler app today, spelled T-O-D-L-R, and change the game for your family. Use code MONEYDAD for $5 off the program. And now back to the show. And I think a lot of people out there right now you know, don't understand or are very skeptical of how Bitcoin can be considered money, I think. And I'll, and I'll include myself initially. And I've, you know, those beliefs are changing, but you know, it seems very, it seems very speculative or, or, you know, it was because it goes up, it, I mean, rose up in value so high, then it came back down, crashing down. Now it's come back up. And so people, I think, get caught up in the, the price change of Bitcoin. And and one of the functions of money is that it's a store of value, right? And so given this Correct. rapid fluctuation, is it really a store of value? Can you talk about how 
you know, people should view Bitcoin or consider it, it is, it could be really, you know, digital money. It's, it's, so it's really about being open-minded out there and learning about it before completely disregarding it. Maybe talk about some of the, I think probably you've, do, you've dove down the Bitcoin and done more research, I'm sure, than, than, you know, myself or a lot of others out there. But talk to us about what your perspective is in terms of how it can be, you know, why you, people should really be looking at it is, yeah, this could, this is money. Man, it's such a loaded question, Justin. <laughs> there's there's a lot there. Obviously, it's hard to speak for you know everyone out there, but if you go look at the just from a community standpoint of you know this isn't a small community. This isn't really an offshoot like it was in you know 2013 or 2012, where it's you know people just being you know cryptographers trying to figure out you know how we can do this. You know, it's, I think it's the one of the top ten fastest growing communities or biggest growing communities on Reddit, um, which. The community by itself is great, but from the actual, um, you know, inner workings of how it is, you know, it's, it's math, you know, it's broken into it's, it's math. You can't break, you can't go through and change math really, you know, it's block, you know, they they say TikTok next block because the way that the the protocols has been set up and that's what it is. It's an underlying protocol for an old system that takes in those characteristics of money that we've always had. You know, we've said gold is the hardest asset we've had because of, you know, it's, it's rare, you know, it's store value, but it had its flaws as far as you can't split it. It's not easy to move. You can't do these things. Bitcoin is the first actual hard asset. If you look at it from a pure concept of, you know, what is money? It's the hardest asset we've ever had. There's only 21 million of them. You can divide it into a hundred million little pieces you can actually own it yourself. No one can take it from you once you once you put it into a you know a cold wallet. Don't keep it on an exchange or anything like that, but something you can hold. You can trade it. You and me can make a transaction without needing a bank to do that. There's no intermediary for that. There's no there's no curtain there as far as what's happening. And on top of it, there's a ledger. A true ledger that everyone can go look at. They can see the total supply. They can see what's been used, what's been spent, what's been lost, who has what, what wallet has what. So it's complete transparency and transparency into a system that I feel like we really don't have transparency into honestly. And I think it rebuilds trust between people using a, a trustless system that's based specifically on protocol or on, on math, a math protocol. Um, obviously, I, that's kind of a disservice as far as the quick roundabout of what I think and where it can go and why people should look into it. All I can say is, you know, go go look into it. You're not going to lose anything by researching or, or looking at what our current system does versus what Bitcoin does. It's going to be around for a long time. Is it going to be a form of money that we're trading day to day and banks are gone? Who knows? You know, we got 20 years, 30 years, 40 years from now. See how it goes. But for right now, it is a, it is an option and it adds competition to a market that's never had a competitor, which I think is is probably the most valuable part of it. Bitcoin, I think, or I, I thought I read somewhere that it's only being used by less than like less than 10% of the world, right? It's very, it's still a very relatively newish form of payment or money that could be exchanged between people and that actually people are using it. But the more it becomes used, the more valuable it will be seen. And the more accepted, acceptable it will be used as a as a you know as a currency to trade and, and to exchange value as a really as exchange yeah. of value. So I think I mean again myself included, it's really about you know doing the research, 
going out there and and it's I think now's the time if you haven't done it already now's the time to do it because it really does shine a light on the problems with that we do have it with today's traditional kind of system and how many out there can feel that it's broken so it's it's really about questioning that that aspect of things before you know getting into all the things about with our kids, you know, in terms of spending yeah. and saving and investing and all that, and which is super important. But it, again, it's, it's, this is a different lens on it and really looks at, looks at it from a, you know, a different way. So I encourage uh, those out there to do that. Let's get into some of the more entrepreneurial activities that I think you, you know, that you're involved yeah. with. You are, uh, have ownership into a number of different businesses. Maybe mm-hmm. talk to us about some of those businesses and then, uh, and then maybe from the perspective of, uh, from an entrepreneur, why it makes sense or why it's important for us to have our kids think about, you know, not necessarily being an entrepreneur, but think about having some of those entrepreneurial skills or developing those skills. Yeah, no, for sure. My my background um, is originally in digital marketing. You know, I spent years in agency life going through anywhere from, you know, PVC management all the way up to, you know, executive strategy for large clients like Legoland in California. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot, learned a lot. I think at one point the company I was at, there was six or seven of us that, you know, really managed like some of the biggest companies in San Diego. So there was a lot of knowledge being tossed around left and right. This is pre-TikTok, you know, this is 2016 type, 2017, TikTok's not around yet. Influencers just starting. It's mainly like your traditional, you know, marketing, digital marketing, PPC, display, SEO, that kind of stuff. And then you know, after a while, sitting there watching, you know, these companies come in and you're leading strategy and the teams and going through it, you're going, hey, I, I can kind of do this. You know, I, I have the I have the the assets and the the desire and the drive to to do this. And I see what the marketplace is like out there. You know, I want to branch out on my own and do it. So one of the things I value most is the work-life balance. Is I coming home or my kids get home from school, it's 3 30, 4 o'clock, and they run in. They're like, Dad, Dad, you know, it's one of the best feelings in the yeah. world. And being stuck in an office at 5 36, 7 o'clock at night just did not really seem like an, a, a viable path I wanted to go down. You know, spend 70% of your time to only live 30% of it when I have, you know, two kids at home that I just want to spend all day with. Yeah. So I, I made the mental adjustment and switched over to, you know, I'm going to start my own thing and start off as freelancing, just taking on clients that I, I wanted or needed that I, I could, I could take, taking anything, you know, web development, building pitch decks, you know, running ad campaigns, growing your Facebook group, you name it, I, I would take it on. And then eventually, you know, got to the point where I realized I was still kind of doing the same thing of helping, you know, other people. I'm taking money. Yeah, I have a little more work-life balance, but you know, I'm really not building my own my own thing for myself and for my for my future. So right around, let's see, 2018 probably, I, I met a buddy that came out and he says, "Hey, I, you know, I have an opportunity to start building a business." It was actually in cannabis, um, which was not my wheelhouse at all. And actually, from a marketing standpoint, they're about 10 years behind because of all the the restriction, which is now kind of easing up. So I. Dropped the digital side of it, went more into the ownership side with him. And it was us going through trying to start off and just building a network first. So we went through and basically took the services that we knew, offered them to them as, you know, the value. Hey, we can run, we can do this, we can do a consultant, we can do whatever you need to do, helping them get their stuff up. Once we were able to get through that and get to the networking part of it, you know, it really got into asset acquisition. And that most of that was licensing and getting licensing up. 
And the whole idea was to create a fully vertical micro business where we could go from seed to sale the whole way. And there was a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs, there's there's still a ton of imposter syndrome going through it. But finally it got to a place that it's it's up, it's running. He takes over that side of it. I have my side on the on the on the back end, which is kind of more the technical marketing tech side of it, which I can step in when I need to. Getting into that kind of the, the entrepreneur side of it and having all those faceted hats and going through it. And then obviously um, I picked up another company kind of doing the same thing in, in Dallas. The lesson, the lesson I think is, is it goes back to value. I know this is kind of a full circle thing as far as how do you value yourself? How do you value, you know, what you want to do with your life? You Anyone can trade time for money all day, every day, you know, going back to the switching from that scarcity mindset, you can always find a, a way to, to sell your time no matter what all day. But to actually sell your time to your back to yourself, I think is probably one of the most valuable things that you can do. And being an entrepreneur, that's what you are doing is you're selling your time back to yourself. And I think that's the most important lesson you can take through it is that you actually is a way for you to control your outcome 100%. Um, and if you're if you have you know kids, you want the best for them. And I think giving them the opportunity to be 100% of what they want to do is is the best thing that you can teach them. And through entrepreneurship, that's kind of that one of those paths that you can take. So I think that's that's the lesson like I want to teach to my kids is, you know, believe in yourself, value yourself, you know, and, and take the game by the horns and literally go out and play it. That's how it works. You know, you won't you won't regret it ever. It's something that's worth living for. Yeah, it's about really invest I mean really investing yourself and I mean that's what arch being an entrepreneur is it's really Instead of yeah, trading your time for money, it's creating creating value yourself yeah. to the marketplace and bringing it bring it to the to the people that way. So definitely some important lessons for us to share our you know to our kids about that. I mean, for me, I also look at it from not necessarily from an entrepreneur perspective, but from an investing perspective. Like, and so that's what I try to share with my kids in terms of you could trade your time for money in a job. But at the same time, it's important to make sure that you are invested in other assets that will produce cash flow or value to you that you can then take and that you don't need to, you're not trading your time for money, right? So that's how uh, that value is being created there. And and so, yeah, that's very important. I wanted to transition into the next part of the podcast, which is really the rapid fire round. Question number one is, what's one of the your favorite books that you've read and enjoyed? Ooh, um, well, Hedgie's Bitcoin story will be my number one <laughs> answer. But uh, if from a, an entrepreneur standpoint, it would be uh, it's a, bra- a book called Embrace the Suck. It's by a Navy SEAL named Brent Gleason. But basically, it goes through saying, you know, it, it's a great mix of his background, you know, story, data, resources, and then actual items, especially on the entrepreneur side. You know, we get into these imposter syndromes, you know, troughs of sorrow, trying to figure out, you know, what, what am I doing? How does this work? And he does that book does a really good job of just laying out action, you know, action items and action plans. So that's that's one book that I really enjoyed. I read this last year. Sounds like a fantastic one. Question number two is when you're not working, what do you love to do in your spare time? Other than, uh, I mean, it sounds like you, you know, you love spending time obviously with your kids. Absolutely. You know, I, I've recently went back trying to add another skill of the full stack coding. I had it before and it went been five years before I picked it back up. So taking some time, taking a few hours and diving into, you know, some code is really what I've been loving lately. A little extra mental boost as well, too, is always great. 
Very cool. Question number three is what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Best piece of advice that you've ever been given. Just show up. That's all you got to do is just show up. It's crazy what can come from that. But if you just show up and just be present to whatever that situation is, whether you're, you know, you're excited, you're scared, you're, you don't know what it is, just show up. Life is crazy. You have no idea how that's going to work out, what door that opens to, but just show up. That's the best piece of advice I've ever had. Awesome. Question number four, if you could sit down and have dinner with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Ooh, <laughs> let's see. It's probably a cop-out question or a cop-out answer, but uh, you know, my <laughs> we have two kids. My wife is pregnant with her third on the way. We don't get a lot of alone time. I would love to sit down and have a nice dinner with my wife. It's one-on-one. I just feel like, you know, it's so hard. By the end of the day, you're tired. You just want to do whatever. I would love to have a, uh, a nice sit-down dinner somewhere with my wife. That'd be that'd be the best thing right now. So that's what I'd like. That, that's a great answer. So I was sitting down with the family over dinner a couple of days ago. And so I'm trying to have a conversation with my wife. And the kids, yeah. of course, are constantly like, interrupting or they're they were they're talking about something and they're asking i'm like and so this conversation that i'm trying to have with my wife about something it carried over i don't know a couple of days because we can't finish the yeah. conversation <laughs> and it's like yeah can we just i think that sounds like we need date nights really i mean and you should it sounds like you need a date night before that yeah. uh, in three weeks where you got another one coming so it's great hey listen it's great in theory but i don't know what it is lately but finding babysitters is hard you know yeah finding, it's, it's tough but yeah. I, I agree and my wife will agree with you too you know date night is for sure one of those things that uh that we need to get in before before this next baby comes yeah and then finally Question number five is, what's the one conversation that you recommend parents have with their kids today about money? While it, it, you know, it relates back to money and I keep circling on this, I really, really want to stress the importance of understanding value and how you can make that approachable for a kid so they can understand value comes in multiple assets or aspects, I should say. I think that's the most important. I think not only will it help from a money perspective, but it helps from a personal life perspective and having their own self-value down the line and self-worth and able to provide that guidance for them is is the most valuable thing you can do. It's the best thing you can do as far as money and life goes. Well, as we wrap up here, where can my listeners get in contact with you, follow what you're doing, or more importantly, you know, how can they pick up a copy of this fantastic book? Sure, absolutely. If you want to get in contact with me, you know, my website is jeffreymclean.com. That's kind of my my personal site. But as far as the the book goes, you can go to Hedgie's Bitcoin Story. Dot com. It's the same handle for Instagram, Hedgie's Bitcoin Story. And uh, I think I have a Twitter set up at Bitcoin Hedgie. I think there was a length re- restriction there, so I had to shorten it down a bit. But those are the places you can find me. You know, if anyone has any stories or you know, wants something like that, please reach out. I'd love to, love to chat. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate being on the show. Yeah, and we'll have all those links in the show notes as well. But thanks for coming on, Jeff. I appreciate you making the time for us today and and just talking to us about this, about the importance of parents talking about value with their kids. I think that, you know, if I was to sum up the theme of this whole conversation really comes down to, you know, what you just talked about in terms of value and putting a resource out there that is, is helpful to parents to start that conversation around understanding money, understanding the history of it. And again, where it can go or where it's going in the future to really start that dialogue. So 
thanks so much uh, for coming on and and uh, yeah, we look forward to chatting with you post third baby. So <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Money Dad Podcast. If this podcast has brought value to you, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. For more info or to connect with Justin Chung, visit www.moneydadpodcast.com. We'll see you next time.